，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。At 8:30 Tuesday evening Taiwan time, Vice President Lai Qingde attended the inauguration ceremony of Paraguay's new president Santiago Peña. The day before, Peña personally invited Lai to visit his residence. The two officials exchanged an embrace during their meeting, and Peña vowed to maintain diplomatic ties with Taiwan. Lai also met students from Taiwan Paraguay Polytechnic University, presenting them with a gift of neck pillows. The vice president will leave Paraguay Wednesday morning, stopping overnight in San Francisco before returning home. Upon seeing Vice President Lai Qingde, Paraguay's president-elect Santiago Peña immediately reached out for a handshake and a hug. Pena invited Lai to his official residence, where they shared a lively conversation. Lai also met with outgoing President Mario Abdo Benitez. I visited sitting President Mario Abdo Benitez as well as President-elect Santiago Pena. He stressed that his administration will continue to maintain diplomatic ties with the ROC Taiwan, and that he hopes to deepen exchanges and cooperation with Taiwan. On his whirlwind tour, Lai also met graduates and student representatives from the Taiwan Paraguay Polytechnic University. He tried his hand at making a chipa, a Paraguayan baked snack. He said Taiwan would continue to cooperate with Paraguay on education projects. I can see the joy in your faces. It is a pleasant surprise for me to be able to meet all of you here. You are the bridges that will connect Taiwan and Paraguay. In the future, Taiwan will continue to work with Paraguay on the major project that is the Taiwan Paraguay Polytechnic University. Taiwan will continue to assist Paraguay in cultivating talent in your country to continue propelling Paraguay forward. Lai also had a gift for the students, giving each a neck pillow with a stamp of Taiwan. Lai said the students could count on Taiwan. Meanwhile, Taiwanese and Paraguay made clear that Lai had their support. Before my plane had even landed, I could see from up in the sky a group of Taiwanese expats waving the national flag to welcome us here. I was so excited. It felt like meeting old friends in a foreign land, but at the same time, it felt like we had never left our country. It was very heartwarming. Lai's reception had 31 tables. At the event, Taiwanese expats presented him a handicraft artwork featuring the flags of both countries together as a sign of a stable alliance ahead. Light on Technology founder Raymond Song has pledged a 200 million NT donation to National Taiwan University. He intends to donate 20 million NT a year over the next 10 years. The funds will be used to invite Nobel Prize winners to join NTU's faculty for the short and long term. Song committed to the donation in a signing ceremony on Tuesday. He attended the ceremony with his son, who is now the chairman of Light On Technology. Song spoke briefly about artificial intelligence and cloud computing trends, saying that AI would bring more positive than negative changes for humanity. 
He also spoke on the tech industry's talent shortage, saying that a strong university education would be key to filling the gap. Song also emphasized the importance of bringing in international talent. The responsibility to care for older relatives falls heavily on working people in Taiwan. The Ministry of Labor is reviewing laws to see how life could be made easier for workers who juggle jobs with caring duties. At present, many people have to take unpaid leave to care for family, which can have all kinds of professional and financial ramifications. It can even force workers out of their job. Some people think that paid long-term care leave is the answer. Others say that employment insurance could change to help make things better. Mr. Yu has worked for one company for more than a decade. He supports his children and his parents, and recently his father had an emergency visit to the hospital. Nobody else in the family was available to go with him, so Mr. Yu had to take time off work. That made him start to worry. If incidents like that get more frequent in the future, his 16 days of paid leave a year will soon run out. Some illnesses can't be sorted with one or two doctor's appointments. One day, I may have to make an assessment whether to leave this company and prioritize caring for my dad or to continue to do both. At another company, Joy faces a related dilemma. She fears government policies will not keep pace with her aging relative's health problems. It's stressful to consider how she would cope with lost earnings from unpaid leave, plus huge care fees. I'll try to use paid days off if I can, but I'm afraid it will spoil my perfect attendance record or my achievement record, so I'll try not to take any days off if I can help it. Of course, in terms of salary, if regular unpaid days off are compensated like paid holidays, then it would be better for workers. Taiwan is just three years away from the status of super-aged society. In 2026, every one in five people will be over the age of 65. A survey by a job seeker's website reveals that more than 70% of office workers have taken unpaid days off in order to care for older relatives. It's possible to request family care leave or incidental leave, but employers are not obliged to provide pay for those under the Labor Standards Act. That's why more than 90% of office workers support the long-term care leave plan, and 80% of those surveyed want long-term care leave to be paid. The standardization of long-term care leave is a kind of protection for workers, but for employers, it may mean a new expense for the HR department. People in the prime of their life may be forced to leave the labor market because of a sudden acute care need, and it may be very hard for them to get back to work afterward. This year, it's the 20th anniversary of employment insurance. Can we make more flexible arrangements in the legal provisions for the whole system? I think that's a direction to consider. As an alternative, the Taiwan Labor Front suggests that employment insurance could be made more flexible. That might prevent workers from losing their jobs due to caring responsibilities. All these factors are up for consideration by the Ministry of Labor. Transcatheter aortic valve replacement is a new medical procedure that can greatly reduce surgery risks for patients with heart problems. The minimally invasive procedure allows for a speedy recovery and lower risk of complications compared to open chest operations. The procedure is a breakthrough for patients with heart valve problems, who without surgery may only live for two to five years after developing symptoms. 
Quick steps and even power walking are no problem for 63-year-old Miss Tu. It's hard to believe that just two months ago she was left panting for air just from walking due to aortic valve stenosis and aortic curvature. When she speaks about her condition, she can't help but choke back tears. I'd be out of breath when walking or going upstairs. I didn't know what to do. I'd just sit around all day and not want to move. The operation has allowed my life to gradually improve. I don't get as worn out as before. For patients like Ms. Tu, who are older or have complex conditions, the risks of surgery are higher. So instead of performing traditional open chest surgery, physicians opted for a procedure called transcatheter aortic valve replacement. Doctors first locate the problematic area with X-ray imaging and then insert a replacement valve via a catheter. This kind of procedure is minimally invasive and allows for a quick recovery. It is especially suitable for high-risk patients. Traditional heart surgery requires opening up the chest. In addition, traditional surgery requires doctors to temporarily stop the heart and attach a heart-lung machine for support. For older patients or patients in poor health, that kind of surgery might be too much to bear. So transcatheter aortic valve replacement surgery is more suitable for these kinds of patients. The doctor says aortic valve degeneration often happens between the ages of 70 and 80. If symptoms such as fainting, chest pain and difficulty breathing arise, life expectancy can decrease to two to five more years. The condition may even cause sudden death. Patients with the condition should seek treatment as soon as possible. Tiger Air Taiwan has gone public on the Taiwan Stock Exchange. The China Airlines subsidiary was offered at a share price of 42.6 NT. It opened strong right out the gate, jumping to the daily limit of 46.85 NT. Tiger Air closed at 44.5 NT to become Taiwan's most expensive airline stock. Regarding our first half performance and second half forecast, I'm cautiously optimistic. This year, I'm certain we can deliver outstanding results that exceed our investors' expectations. For the second half of this year, we're planning new routes to destinations including Akita and Aomori. As for our route to Da Nang, our first Vietnam destination post-pandemic, passenger loads are extremely high. From now to 2027, we will add two aircraft each year to our fleet, for a total of 11. I believe that by 2027, Tiger Air's fleet of 15 planes will have an average age of just 3.5 years. Tiger Air is the first new airline stock to go public in 22 years, since EVA Air debuted in 2001. Meanwhile, Starlux is gearing up for an IPO next year. With travel demand soaring after the pandemic, the aviation industry expects a strong recovery in the next year and a half. In 2017, hybrid taxi cabs became legal in Taiwan. It's become a popular way to run a part-time side business. Yet some of those cabs offer so few rides that rumors say they're not a business at all. They're just trying to avoid auto taxes, claim critics. But is that really true? We spoke to one part-time taxi driver for a reality check about the taxi business. He says there are few savings to be made with a fake taxi business because so many extra costs are involved. Hello. Is this Meng Xiaodie? Yes, I'm going to the airport. 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 Yes, I
好的，那我们就照导航走喽。Type the destination into the satellite navigation system and strap on your seatbelt. Mr. Liao works as a real estate agent by day and a taxi driver by night, sacrificing his free time to ferry passengers to their destinations. There are many part-time cabbies like Mr. Liao who get their taxi driver's license, official registration, and special license plate all to run a side business. But according to a major Taiwanese auto company, about five percent of hybrid taxi drivers only drive the legal minimum number of rides. That makes some suspect they're in it not for the income, but for the tax break. This car is 2,500 cc, so altogether the fuel tax and license plate tax are about 25,000 NT a year. But if I have a professional license plate, I don't have to pay those fees. So how much can you save with one of these red-on-black taxi plates? For Mr. Liao, the savings on fuel and license plate taxes add up to over 20,000 NT. Plus, gas is 2 NT a liter cheaper for taxis. Where's the catch? Generally, taxi drivers have compulsory insurance, like third-party liability insurance and passenger insurance, which cost 5,000 NT a year. Taxi cabs are more frequently damaged, so generally, a normal driver's car insurance will only be one fifth of the taxi cab's fee. You have to think carefully before doing this; otherwise, you'll end up regretting it. Because the vehicle depreciates, and also if you don't drive the car, the insurance costs and all these things added up will mean you're hardly saving any money. This hybrid taxi driver thinks that although some taxes are reduced, they still have to cover commercial fees of 12,000 NT a year. Then there's taxi insurance on top, pricier than normal insurance for less coverage. Finally, there's annual car checks and depreciation of the vehicle's value, which make the so-called savings slim indeed. Foreigners' views of Taiwan are at an all-time high. As much as 48% of those surveyed across 24 middle and high-income countries held favorable views of Taiwan, according to a recent survey by the Pew Research Center in the U.S. Japan had the highest, with over 80% of respondents holding a favorable opinion of Taiwan. South Korea and Australia came in second at just over 70%, followed by the U.S. at over 60%. When it comes to U.S. allies, which in this case are Japan, South Korea, and Australia, there are very close interactions with Taiwan. Favorable views of Taiwan in those countries will likely increase in the near future. As for African countries, they are of course greatly influenced by China. Another universal factor is that in countries that don't have a good understanding of Taiwan, people would tend to view Taiwan as a commercial or economic threat. In Argentina, Brazil, Greece, Hungary, and Spain, positive and negative views of Taiwan were more or less split down the middle. Only in India and South Africa did negative views of Taiwan outnumber positive ones. Today, we take a dive into the world of buto, an avant-garde Japanese dance invented in the 1950s, also known as the Dance of Darkness. This performance style was inspired by the suffering of the victims of the atomic bombs dropped in Japan in World War II. It aims to elicit an emotional response from onlookers. Performances often feature dancers covered in white body paint and moving in slow and controlled motion on stage. 
FTV reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with a Bouteau dancer from Hong Kong to learn more about this unique dance. His face is painted white, his body covered in newspaper and gold foil. The dancer takes the stage with a Bouteau performance. Yuri music and sirens play in the background as he moves slowly across the stage. This is Grad Long, a Bouteau dancer from Hong Kong. This is his newest work titled, The Hollowed Man. In Hong Kong, we have many elderly, uh, many poor people. They pick the newspaper, cardboard every day. And this is for their survival. So I make the newspaper like a shell. In the beginning of, of the, my piece, is I in a shell. Huh? I, I feel safe. I hide myself a lot to face to the public in this shell. But this shell is very fragile. Creation, I, I found that we have to step out, step out from this situation or lift the shell and step to face the, the, the ego, face the situation. Buto was developed by Tatsumi Hijikata and Kazuo Ono in the late 50s. It aims to convey the agony of the victims of atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The dance form now also addresses other forms of suffering as well as problems in today's society. Most of the homeless are stay in Songjepo. Uh, so we create a performance about the Songjepo and we go there to uh, to to uh, to uh, interview uh, the, the people in the, the, the local people. Lung is now in Taiwan and is planning to perform and hold workshops on Bouteau performance and technique over several months. Through the dance form, he hopes to bring important issues to light and inspire compassion from the audiences in a suffering world. So he's very care about the, uh, the beauty of darkness. Yeah, he said that uh, in in some performance, we always uh, present beautiful uh, to, to show uh, the beauty of darkness. And, and the world under the shadow, sometimes we, we, are, we, are been, we are not recognized, but they focus on that. And how, the, how, how we live under the shadow, in the darkness, it's really inspired me. When Buteau first debuted in the 50s, it was a shocking sight for viewers. Decades on, many people still have their reservations about the performance style. Lung hopes to introduce the intense dance form to more people around the world. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Tan Jun Hao in Taipei. A national team athlete has died during a flight home from the Death Bowling World Championships in Munich, Germany. The bowler, surnamed Cho, experienced sudden breathing difficulties and could not be resuscitated. He was considered a star on the national team and had just won a team gold in Germany. Our delegation to the World Deaf Bowling Championships competed in Munich, Germany, and then boarded a flight to return home. One of the athletes experienced breathing difficulties. When using the restroom, he collapsed. Our staff members and the flight crew performed emergency rescue, but because he was in a very poor state, 40 minutes of rescue efforts were ultimately unsuccessful. 
News of the athlete's death sent shockwaves through his workplace, the Tainan City Fire Bureau. The athlete, surnamed Cho, had left for the competition in high spirits. We are all very sad and shocked to receive news of his sudden death on the plane. His colleagues have already gone to the scene to provide the required statements. According to the Fire Bureau, Cho was an assistant in its secretary general's office. Before the pandemic, he routinely went abroad to participate in competitions. This year, he returned to competing overseas. He won a team gold at the Munich tournament, only to die tragically days later. He was quite easy to get along with. I myself couldn't sleep at all last night. With a fluid, confident motion, Cho gets a perfect score of 300 points. His skill was evident for the world to see, and he had always been a star on the national team. He had always been a core player on the Tainan City bowling team. The sudden news is really quite saddening. This year, Taiwan's deaf bowling team won two golds, two silvers and four bronzes at the Munich Championships. Following the unexpected tragedy, the government vowed to provide full assistance to Cho's family.